Welcome to another podcast brought to you by Hashtag Obsessed, uh, bringing you your weekly dose of footballing nonsense as usual. Uh, we're going to be talking across all the major footballing points this weekend, predominantly the Premier League. So on today's show, we have joining us, we have our usual panel, Hughes, Zach and Ass. And today we are going to be covering um, a review of all the weekend's Premier League action. Um, what is it now for the top four, the title race? Is it over and done with? Um, do any of the teams in the bottom three have a fighting chance? Fulham, a bit quite a resurgence from them, quite an upturn in form. Uh, we're going to be previewing some of next weekend's fixtures, uh, a bit of transfer news across Europe. And we are going to end off with usual with uh, Yusuf's game and uh, our Zach Judy's team of the week. So let's get straight into it. The weekend action. Um, Manchester City again, another hurdle. Cleared, or was it a hurdle, Zach? Did you? How easy did Spurs make that for them? I mean, Man City—they're a great team. They're doing exceptionally well. They're on top form, but I think with some of the errors that Spurs made, you would have lost that game to anybody, wouldn't you? Yeah, probably. Um, it wasn't so much of a hurdle as much of just like a little gentle, <laughs> tiny little speed bump that you just comfortably go over. <laughs> Listen, um, Mourinho can put it on for the big games, but not anymore. It's just not happening. Um, I, the guy. I mean, the, the the positive out of it is that, you know, when City win the title, no one's going to really care. They'll they'll talk about it for three minutes and everyone yeah. will get on with their day. Unlike, you know, if it was a, a Liverpool or a United or something like that. Mm. Um, the, the last, however many, three, four times it won the title. I mean, I, nobody really remembers anything other than the... The uh, famous Aguero season. All yes. the others, no one gives a damn. Um, so that that's the good news. And also, I think during the game, I did say they they're not really. There's nothing special there with this City team. Like they're not winning the league because they're incredible. They're just doing enough to get three points every week. Everyone else seems to have fallen away. Would you say? <laughs> Absolutely. I think they're, they're just taking advantage of, of all the other teams around them slipping up. I mean, I can't remember the last team to, other than Leicester. I don't think anybody's won in the top four for a, a long, long time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if, if, if by some magical incidents that Tottenham actually showed up and put out a good performance we could have matched that that CET I don't think there was anything there that was particularly spectacular mm. um, obviously we're just very far short of, of where we need to be at the moment yeah uh, you you disagree with some of that do you yeah like I agree to be honest I thought honestly if there was, was one game I thought it's standard Mourinho he'll turn up for that game he'll get a point or he'll do he'll get three points and Spurs fans will be calling him the best manager ever and all this. It's a standard Mourinho thing when back against the wall, he pulls out a result, but they were awful. But I don't know. Yeah, fine. Every other team has been dreadful. I agree. Uh, but we can't downplay how good Man City have been, especially when there's no De Bruyne and Aguero. Like We, we like to bring that up. We brought it up before that they don't have a striker. They're going to suffer. They haven't suffered. They've still had to perform in certain games. The The way they've played, is really good. Cancelo, the <laughs> he's been outstanding. He's been unbelievable. And what Guardiola's done with him, put him in him in centre mid, basically. He's not a fullback. He's <laughs> centre mid when they're attacking. And 
defensively, he's there straight away to stop any counter-attacks as well. Don't Everyone get me wrong, they're, shocking. they're good, but they're not breathtaking. Like in previous seasons, some of the goals they used to score, I used to think, whoa, like no one can handle this. But they didn't I do... They, I think they might step it up again, though. I, I don't know. I, I think you're, you're right. Um, I don't think they're showing everything, but I don't think they're at their peak yet either. I, I think Pep's addressed the concerns that they had at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And he's done well there because a lot of people don't rate him in terms of um, how he can perform defensively. Obviously, okay, he's got incredible players at his disposable, but nonetheless, nevertheless, he has adjusted... He has, and, and that's a big thing. What a lot yeah. of people have always said about Guardiola, he can't adjust, he's stubborn in his ways, blah, mm. blah, blah. Yeah. He's adjusted. Like He's he's made that defence solid. They're missing De Bruyne and he... But they're not missing him though, are they? Because well, exactly. Gundogan has <laughs> come up and stepped up. Gundogan's just he's ridiculous. He's literally charging into the box every opportunity he gets. It's just and, ridiculous. And that's from the change that he's done in Cancelo. It's crazy. I know he used to do it for Bayern and people like to talk about that, but his... Oh, the Cancelo literally guys. ends up in attacking mid. To be honest, <laughs> sometimes Gundogan's a striker. Cancelo. But he was a very talented midfielder when he came from Dortmund. I was, I, I don't know. My impression yeah. of him was he was an attacking midfielder. This is, I think, this is what City fans expected when they first signed him. Yeah, but it's taken him this long to find this sort of form. When he when he was at Dortmund, though, he generally played. Um, he he did he did contribute usually in the pivot, sort of in the two, if I remember yeah. correctly. And that right use. Yeah, no, he was he, he was more attacking our thing, but he was as you said. He, he wasn't like an. He was just he had a bit. No, more no, no, no. He, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't this attacking, but he was just incredible at Dortmund. What he was like. Right well, I remember what he's doing. I remember um, when it was it was about within six months or two a year after Sir Alex had um, retired. Um, someone asked Rani Mullistein, who used to be one of the coaches under Fergie, if there was one midfield player that United could sign, who would he be? And he responded on Twitter saying, Alkai Gundogan. Um, oh. I loved him when he was at Dortmund. And I mean, you know, I think the problem at the time when he was at Dortmund, which is, I think, why a lot of clubs didn't take the gamble on him, was because he had injury problems. Um, yeah. And I think even at Cities, he has had his injury problems, but he seems to have... Um, Got over them now. I mean, well, he did go off injured the other day. He's, but... he's been there, what, how, four, is it four years? Four... It's about four years. It's crazy, I mean, though. It's that long it. to... Uh, because to we don't even four. think about the guy. We don't, like... He's been very inconsistent. He, he's not been a nailed-on starter until this season. Yeah, but I think I, I think the main thing for that injuries, because even at, even at City, especially the first one or two years, he was... I think I'm sure he had a sort of long-termish injury in that first yeah. season. Mm. I think um, De Bruyne not being there has helped him as well. He's been given yeah. the license to go. Uh, he's forward, he's been given. Yeah, he's the main man in their midfield. Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that on Twitter as well. People saying City are more fluid than a better team without De Bruyne. No, I, I don't know about that. But I don't know. But like, yeah, I guess Gundogan's had yeah a resurgence in form when De Bruyne has been out, but. There, there is a case for that, though. It happens a lot, by the way, with some teams where I forgot the what is called the e, e wing theory or something like that, where when their best player doesn't play for them, the rest of the team play much better. Something that and doesn't happen at Tottenham. Oh, <laughs> United. Um, Zach, let's talk about Spurs for a second. 12, yeah. 12 games into the season, you were sitting top of the table. Um, Giving it the big now, <laughs> where we're at now, you're now 17 points off the lead. 
that is just an astronomical gap opened up. Well, only one, I think it's what two games in twelve or something ridiculous like that. It's um, just... I, I, it just the back when we were doing well, when we were flying, the confidence clearly was pumping around the whole squad. There was videos coming out of them playing basketball, playing cricket in training, messing about. Oh, <laughs> Everyone looked like there was there was there was a good vibe around the squad. Now, if you saw at the end of the game where Mourinho tried to go and shake everyone's hand and give them a hug. They, they, Harry Kane didn't want to know. Um, whoever, I think Eric Dyer was the other way. They just they didn't even make any eye contact. When Eric Dyer is not happy with Jose, you know his curtains. And it's, 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 boy. If you look at every player individually, apart from maybe Son and Kane, each player in our squad has got a reason to be pissed off with, with Mourinho this season. Like he's, he's hung them out to dry somewhere. He's made a comment in the press. He's done something to, to annoy them. Which is, I, I, don't, I just don't understand. So, what do you why? think has been the turning point for Spurs? Where, where, where did it start to go wrong? What, what triggered all of this? This horrendous run of four. I don't know if there's something that triggered it. Obviously, when we're winning and everything's going well, like I've said previously, I think Mourinho suits that. Like, if he, if he, if the momentum's there um, and he's got no reason to be whinging or complaining, then then it's a happy place. I just think when results didn't go our way, which do you know what I think? Do you know what I think it was? I don't know if everyone else agrees. Um, I think no, going three 0 up against West Ham. I think from that game mm-hmm. onwards, if you look at the results you had, obviously you blew that. You, drew, you ended up doing three all, I think, in the end. But that was a turning point in terms of our attacking football. So since since Your that confidence game, has been shot since then, basically. Since, since that game, we've parked the bus every match. Yeah, but it's still. I've got a different theory. We My still had results that, but... for five or six games after that, and then I, I don't know what. What, what do you think's happened, Asif? So f- for me, when you had that run of games, when you had sort of two or three matches in a row, I can't remember the teams. I think it was like Liverpool, maybe Man City. You had those big games where you basically parked the bus for two to three weeks straight. And I said it at the time that when you start doing that, it's hard to sort of come back out of it. And I genuinely feel like from that moment onwards. You haven't got back to play. Not, not that you were playing like particularly attacking football before that, but I feel like you haven't actually come out of that zone from that moment. Before that, you were scoring goals um, and you were playing relatively decent. Um, but for me, that was a turning point. I feel like you haven't been the same team ever since those games. And you had good results in those matches, but the problem was that you became used to playing that way, or you sort of put yourself in such a def- in such a defensive sort of frame of mind. Um, that you just couldn't rediscover you were playing before that, and, and well, I don't now... think I don't think Jose's intended for us to to attack against a small team. I think since then, even against the Brightons <laughs> and the Burnleys or whatever, he still backs <laughs> against the wall. That this is what we're doing. Well, the and thing, I, the thing. Go on. I don't understand what like there's there was a stat that I think there's been twelve occasions this season where a, a Premier League side has had six touches or less in the opposition box in a penalty area and Tottenham have got the most of were for 25 percent of those of those occasions was Tottenham which is ridiculous for a, a supposedly top six side um with the attacking talents that we have Harry Kane is still the number one striker in the good, world he was good against City he was good exactly City. in my eyes he's, he's the number one striker in the world and we're giving him absolute scraps to feed off like against City he was playing essentially CDM um, having to run from CDM, centre mid, attacking mid. He's having to play so many positions when ideally he should be on the edge of the six-yard box just waiting for 
for chances to gobble up. I can just say, I can, the way Mourinho sets his teams up in these types of I mean, I've said this before, and I'm sure every, I'm sure we we all have football on from that brand of football or that type of football. Um, and with with Pochettino, you became a progressive team, um, which is what the best managers in the world, like the Klopp's Guardiola's, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's, <laughs> joking, but the best managers in the world, they play progressive football. Um, and Mourinho was just completely, for me, the biggest concern about when Mourinho's inevitably sacked is how far back he's taking you. I feel like he's taking you essentially the same place that you were before Pochettino took, took charge. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing with, if even if it, his way of working was going to work, his style of football was you you basically have to have and Tottenham's defence uh, are not faultless. Um, Eric Dyer is abysmal. Davinson Sanchez isn't much better. Um, so you can't expect them players to keep a clean sheet. Um, so that's why then you have to any sort of um, common sense will tell you that you have to play attacking mm. or you must ch- change your ways. You can't expect to hold on to nil-nil, nick a goal at the other end with defenders mm-hmm. like Eric Dyer and uh, Sanchez. Absolutely. Well, it, exactly. If you look, if you if any person was asked to name Tottenham's best five players, every single one of them would be attacking players, whether it's Kane, Son, and Don Bele, um, etc. Gareth Bale, Deli Ali, all attacking players. Not a single one of them would be the defenders, but the way Mourinho sets up is to get the best out of our worst players and to stunt our our most talented players. So you mentioned Gareth Bale. What do you think then about his situation? Do you think is Bale or do you think is Mourinho or a mixture? Well, I mean, he showed glimpses that he still got it, and I think <coughs> Mourinho wasn't there. I still think he'd be doing a lot, lot better than than what he has given so far this season. Um, I think Bale is like the perfect player that Mourinho would love to hang out to dry um, and crucify in public. And unfortunately, that's what he started doing this week. Um, I was watching, it was on transfer deadline day, Harry Redknapp was talking about Gareth Bale's situation and Deli Alley's situation. And I think I just think he's the perfect type of manager that needs to come in to, to get the most out of Gareth Bale. Harry. Oh, if you are, if you told me tomorrow Mourinho's gone and Harry's taken over for the rest of the season, <laughs> oh, it would be a dream. It I mean, would be a dream. Two high class players. I mean, if they were in your starting lineup and if they, if somebody can get them playing, that is just your team would be incredible. Like Delhi yeah. Ali, like I don't, you know, he's had his downs, but like when Deli he's on Ali. top form, he he's does some. He could, the things even when he's on even when he's on poor form, he still gets seven eight goals a season, which is far far more. Saying, than he's a goal scorer. He gets into the box. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He gets on the end of crosses. And Gareth Bale oh, is Gareth Bale. Obviously, I, I'm not sure. We don't know. We, obviously, we can question his desire and motivation at the moment, but um, yeah, I do I do I mean, think that there must be a reason with Bale that I mean Zidane hates him. I know Zidane hates a few players, but, but there was clearly something going on and there's clearly something not right about Bale's commitment to training and wanting to play for the team. Yeah. But I do think that if you have a manager that comes in, basically puts his arm around someone basically put the arm around Bale and make him fall in love with football again. That's it, yeah. Because I, I, I do think that he's not I, I do probably I do think that he's probably not training as hard as he should and all those things are true. But 
is a way of getting that out of him. And it probably could have, I think now for Spurs, it's probably too late because it probably would have taken a couple of months. Um, but ultimately, they need to get him back to love him, which Mourinho hasn't been able to do. Um, so Mourinho we'll ultimately isn't the right man um, to no, get Gareth Bale firing again. He's got, he's got him to love golf more. Yeah. That's what he's done. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, I think what Mourinho would point towards is, which this was shocking. I don't know if it's still true, but before the game against Man City, Tottenham had the second best defensive record in the league. Lord knows how that was the case. Um, obviously, we play very defensive football, <laughs> which lends itself to that. But what is everyone else doing that has put us up that high? <laughs> Who are top Villa, right? No, City, obviously, I think. Was it not? Villa were for a while. I'm, I'm sure City are. Uh, City, yeah. City literally fed clean sheet after clean sheet in the last... Uh, Couple of months. Um, all right, moving on to the lunchtime fixture. It was an opportunity for one of these sides to make a bit of a mark uh, with uh, in terms of their top four title, the top, top four race. Um, Liverpool went a goal up, all looking pretty comfortable, they're performing well, and it just capitulation from then onwards. Use um, this is surely is. You're in big trouble now. Liverpool are in big, big trouble. Uh, sorry, Timo Werner just missed an absolute sitter. Water is wet. Water is wet. Timo. Yeah, let, let's carry on with Chelsea. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, look, it was um, it was a strange game again because. Uh, to be honest, as you said, we were looking all right. That goal was a bit of magic from Firmino. Salah, brilliant finish. What you expect to see, isn't it, from when you tune in to watch it Liverpool? Is. Exactly. And you know what? Still, the first half, I, I don't know, I guess Leicester were a bit tentative and they didn't really come at us, but I thought we were fine. Um, it just shows because we aren't clinical enough going forward at all at the moment. Um, and that's a number of issues but as soon as that first goal went in and this is not the Liverpool that I know because as soon as that first goal went in our heads have gone the heads dropped the VAR whatever everyone can complain about it and you can all everyone can say yeah it's a shocking goal I think it is but whatever that doesn't matter It got the decision was made that's it done the second one Alisson his, it happens to keepers I understand that his confidence is all over the place as well and it was a shocking mistake I, I can't blame Kabak um, one thing about Kabak it was nice I guess having the centre back in there um, supposedly what was uh, going around on Friday is that Ben Davis was going to play but obviously he picked up a knock as well and it's just literally to get Henderson in midfield and it makes sense even if he wasn't ready whatever go for it just have centre backs back there and see what happens um, but he picked up a knock, so Hendo had to drop back in because obviously Fabinho ain't available as well. Um, and it went from bad to worse from there. You know what? I, I, I was thinking about it, and the last two full seasons, there's been... Last season, there was basically one game where I was upset. The whole of the season against Atletico Madrid, that's it. The season before that, maybe two games because we won Champions League and maybe the City game in the Etihad and the one we draw at Leicester. Now, thinking about that, you compare it to this season and how many tears have let down. But it's 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 crazy when I think about it like that. That 
Does it feel like the Liverpool of old almost? <laughs> like it's great. The last two seasons be three games. This season you have been spoiled, games. you know. We have exactly. But then again, you've only won two trophies. You all obviously they are the biggies. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I get that. But and then it, I guess yeah, you're right. I have been spoiled because I haven't felt this like I'm feeling right now after all these games in so long and. Uh, there, there's loads of things it can come down to. Honestly, yeah, no, if the injuries are crazy. Yeah. Um, th- th- our heads are clearly down. The confidence is all over the place. I just, because of that, of how good we've been the last two seasons. Um, obviously, yeah, people can say we're we, we're in trouble, and I agree. You look at the table. Chelsea win now as well. We go down to sixth, I think. Yeah. So obviously that that's crazy, but. With everything that's happened this season, genuinely, and I think a lot of you said it, if we get two or three wins in a row, I I think we'll be all right for top four. That's all it is. Honestly, and then other games we might draw, we might lose, blah, blah, blah. But if we get two or three games in a row yeah. that we win, I do so You're still pretty really confident up. at the moment. You don't think it's going to be a bit of a struggle? Yeah, look, because with time as well... Are you in a fight uh, from now until the, the end four. of the season? Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah. No, no, 100%. <laughs> if we beat Leicester, I would have been comfortable. I think that was a huge game just because they're so close to us as well. Um, and going 1-0 up and then the last 12 minutes, whatever it was, 78th minute, we were 1-0 up. That's what hurts. It hurts more than last week for sure. But um, I, I still think we get a couple of wins and we'll be okay. And because as time goes on, Players, hopefully, such as I know the long term ones are gone, but yeah. such as Fabinho, Jota, Keita, blah blah blah, whatever, we get a bit of our squad back. Yeah. And Unfortunately for yourself, you Chelsea have just scored, so it looks like they're going to be collecting three points. Um, <laughs> Is that Tino? Uh, no, uh, Olivier Giroud. Um, I was going to mention, and you lost, you dropped points to a team which you normally is a banker for Liverpool. Oh, really? so that, that's that's got to be worrying, isn't it? Leicester, you normally. Yep. You, you normally have what the performances of the season whenever you play Leicester, it seems. Yeah, it, we do. Like last season, that was a... a Even the, the game earlier on in this season was pretty impressive at Anfield. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. You're right. And I think a lot of people mark that game last season as one of them. But it's happened. Look, you look at Man City at home, we usually beat. Brighton, we usually beat. So... Yeah, this is what's happening to us now, isn't it? But we'll I think a word on Leicester. I thought Leicester played uh, they, up until Liverpool scored. And I thought as soon as Liverpool scored, they came out with a shell. And yeah. again, progressive managers, progressive teams. I think I think Leicester they play some really good football. The biggest question mark over them is um, Brendan's bottle, basically. Yeah, and uh, you, yeah. when it gets, I don't, I don't know. The... He seemed to have something about. Where a bit more confident that they might finish top four this season than I have been compared to last season, for example. They, you know, they decided January onwards. I just thought as soon as as soon as Liverpool they came out with their shot and they just in a way blew Liverpool away. And I know it was you can talk about VAR or you can talk about the defensive error, but I felt like they should have sort of gone at Liverpool. Maybe not. I can understand why they didn't do that straight away. But I felt like they should have shown more ambition throughout. I mean, all matters. Um, but I, yeah, I just, one of the points I'm trying to say is they, I think they're a really good team. 
Um, I think Brendan's got them playing really well. And as long as he doesn't start doing his um, fancy rotations and, and the strange stuff that he starts to do as it gets season wears on, then I think they're in a very good shout out. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I understand that they have been playing really, really well. I, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't really impressed. They need to take it to the next them, level. Them I, I think I think Liverpool lost that game more than Leicester winning it. We, exactly. We gave it away, let's be honest. Even the, the free kick that was given, like, it shouldn't have been, like, it was silly. It was our mistake. And then the second one was unbelievable, was uh, literally unbelievable. The third one was a good goal, but again, it was a mistake mm. from us. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I agree. They've been playing good football. I don't know. Just to put on Leicester, I think it was a typical Leicester performance against a big side. If you think back, even just well, this season, the season before, even going back as far as when they won the title, they've won against big teams whenever the big teams have been out of form. Mm, I can't yeah. really remember when so, a big yeah. team has been on form and Leicester have played them, and it's been a big clash, and Leicester have come out. No. on top and they've, they've made them yeah. you know like a marker performance where now we are one of the big boys it's always been they, they capitalise and they take advantage they, yeah that's true when that's 100% when a no, big no, side has true, their hands actually, yeah. tied behind their back um, which I think is probably they need a few results like that before they'd be taken seriously as that's the step up they need I think to take it to the next level as a top six side yeah even um, with the only thing with that is with all the other teams dropping points I feel, I feel like with the amount of points they've got on the board already, they're about four points clear of um, of West Ham in fourth. Uh, I know four points can dissipate really quick, but I don't know. I know we're gonna. There's a feature on on talking about the moment as we go on in the show, so we'll talk about it more then. Just one question about Liverpool. What I don't quite. You see, mentioned about um, is his name Ben Davis, who's, who was going to start. Um, mm. Henderson called midfield. I don't understand why they don't play um, Nat Phillips because he. Every time I've seen him play in the Premier League, I know he's not great on the ball, but he he, he can defend. Like he can he can actually defend. He's not a bad defender. He's not you know a, a top defender by any means, but he's, he's he's decent. I just I don't get why you wouldn't just play him if you're that desperate to get Henderson in the midfield. And I can understand why because you need his sort of energy in there. Just play Phillips in defence. Like I've not seen the other guy, the bird. What's his name? Reese. He's he's, he's abysmal. Really so, <laughs> um, in English football, he's been abysmal. But Nat Phillips, again, like I said, he's he's not great on the ball, but he can defend. Play him. Go ahead. I I know. I I think the reason is though. I think we're gonna we're gonna play Kabak. We're gonna obviously try and play him and try and get him up to speed with everything. And I don't think. Klopp wanted Nat Phillips next to him. But when you said he would have been really. When you said Ben fun. Davis was going to play, who was he going to play next to Kabak or Henderson? Yeah, yeah, no, Hen- no, no. Ben Davis would have played. Ben Davis would have played, but I think I generally think I don't know. I think he has a bit more trust in Ben Davis than Phillips. Um, but also supposedly that like Ian Doyle I don't know if you know him from Times he said that Phillips was an yeah. injury doubt anyway so I don't know if that's just um like you're right I, to me it would have made sense to just play two centre-backs mm. and I I agree I, I guess but you look at Vardy and he's rapid and he would love playing against a young 20 year old and a guy who isn't fast but obviously he can defend mm. I think it would have played into Vardy's hands because I don't think he'd done much, to be honest, at all, up until the goal. 
But obviously, it's not about that. It's about what we miss in midfield with Hendo. Yeah, because oh, Liverpool... About... Oh. Go on, no, go on, go ahead, uh... I'll no, just no, it's a different topic. Last thing was just Liverpool, obviously, are an attacking team and they defend from the front with the press. And I'm doing that. Henderson in that in that midfield, they'd be able to do more. So you think that Henderson in midfield, the defense will have a bit more protection anyway because of because of their yeah. pressing, um, and then you can afford to gamble on against Vardy. Um, but anyway, I, I'm not complaining. At the end of the day, right, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying you're watching right, Liverpool right. lose, but it's just something for me. <laughs> if if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd question why. Were you going to say? Well, my question was going to be about Trent Alexander-Arnold and whether he needs to be dropped. Really, um, there was, there's, I mean, there's a stat going around. You might have seen it on Twitter that the top three, uh, well, yeah, basically the top three losses of possession by a, sing- a player in a single Premier League match are all. It's all, all Trent, Trent. Yeah. and he lost 45 yeah, against Burnley. That's one every two minutes he's giving the ball away. Like, if, if I'm playing with someone giving the ball away every two minutes, I'm gonna punch him before the first <laughs> half is over. You played with plenty of those, in his <laughs> um, no, uh, there's no need for Trent to be. Why would you drop well, Trent? because you don't you have I can't Lawler. remember is that you have another right back, don't yeah? You? Let's play Nico, yeah. Let's play Nico Williams, he'll give away the ball 60 times. Will he though? Listen, it, it, it's, it's the way we play, though. It's the way we play, and Trent is against Burnley. It's just every cross was going to flip in Ben Mee's head every single time, he picked him out. Every single time, but it's the way we play. We we give it to our fullbacks a lot when it's not working for us. His balls were bad. Whatever, that's it. That's what happens. I don't. You know the funniest thing. You know against Man City, um, I'm sure you all watched that, like the full game, and th- there was something going. I know Sterling done really well against Trent. Trent got the better of him about three four times as well though. And no uh, and yeah non Trent sorry um. Yeah, I, I don't. To be honest, when when we've played well in what in the last five games we've had only two wins and he's been brilliant in those games. To be honest, and uh, I think uh, he's not our biggest concern. I don't think. But the concern is that he was for the last two years. He's arguably arguably been the best right back in world football mm. by a distance as well. And now he's so so far short of that standard. Um, not saying that Nico Williams is, is going to be any better, but surely... is, it, is it fair though, Zach, to judge players when the whole team is in such an awful spell of form? But he's dropped. I would say the the gap from where he should be where he is far there. is a far bigger drop than than anyone else. And, and you know, I think we even mentioned it. I don't know when, maybe beginning of this podcast in the season. I, I did say his performance because Robbo, I thought was a even though we've been poor his performances have been consistent and when we've been playing good he's been brilliant Trent has dropped off a bit but if you see the the kid what he's 21 22 it is. oh sorry sorry yeah 22 and obviously he's 22 years old he's already won the Champions League the Premier League he's had such a huge rise straight away I'm not saying it's got to his head but young English footballers I think they need talking to sometimes with these certain things just to work harder and I think uh, the last maybe month he has improved on what it was before 
and I think he's showing signs that he wants to work and he will improve. I think I think on two, just my opinion. I think obviously you mentioned his age. Um, naturally, there's going to be a dip and a period where he's out of form, especially when the team is playing as bad as they are at the moment. Um, but the other thing is, I think he's always been quite vulnerable defensively. So where Liverpool are not that sort of cohesive unit that you have been over the last two years, naturally he's going to be exposed a bit more. So until you get back to playing as solid as you were as a team in general, where his defensive deficiencies aren't as exposed, um, then I think you know you'll probably see the best of him again in the in the attacking sense as well. But right now, obviously, though. Um, defensive issues have just been exposed. Um, as it was cutting out a bit again. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, was, that was that was a was, lot. Then that was not a bit. It was a no, I, I saw it come up on my screen. Is my Wi-Fi is literally? I don't oh, know what to do. Right. But anyway, that's carry on. That's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree that. Trent not having Gomez and Van Dijk as centre back is um yeah, huge. he's struggling a bit you know um, he he's still young like we said uh, plenty of got to do a Liverpool fan I'm going to just very briefly now yeah. the game changed when this um, individual came on the pitch are <laughs> Liverpool fans miffed by um, Thiago's form this season at all um, I, I was. Firstly, I was happy to see Milner start because I, I, don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think Thiago, we don't need him to play right now. He needs to just get off and completely rest, have a couple of games off, bring him on here and there, whatever, honestly, and he needs to be managed now. Um, because there's a lot of people going around on Twitter saying he's awful and all this. First of all, class doesn't disappear because last season everyone was talking about him for the best midfielder in the world so class doesn't disappear from a player um i'm not i honestly i'm not really concerned as well i just think we shouldn't play him i i genuinely think at the moment (laughs) genuinely at the moment we should not be playing him because of a new player coming into a club especially a jürgen klopp team um players from abroad or whatever it is, they usually take about six months. Fabinho didn't play for six months. Robbo didn't play for six months. Chamberlain went on good form and he didn't play for six months. Then he went on good form. He got injured, whatever. But new players, they do not play straight away when they come into the team. Now, I don't care. Thiago was world-class before. He's the first signing that we made that was already world-class as well. But we wouldn't have played him as much as we have due to the injuries that we've had. Was he world-class though? <laughs> bandied see, about. I, see, I I question that, but he's I, playing in the end, greatest I, I side of Europe. He's class. playing in the Bayern Munich team where he doesn't have to lift a finger to to look good. He never the real test he's, is in the Spanish side where he's never cemented his place as a starting player because I think he's always been an early, nearly there, nearly world class, nearly there. And to be honest, as well, he was. If we, if we, his career would have gone very, very differently. By the way, if Iniesta and Xavi weren't around when he was, who is going to break into a midfield of Iniesta, Xavi, and Busquets? Well, if you're a world class midfielder, you no, you no, no, no. But Fabregas, Fabregas got more stars. Fabregas, Fabregas was up top. But anyway, no, Thiago was. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I don't think there's a question of his quality. That's what I'm trying to say. And if you want to question quality again, we should go back to the Paul Pogba thing. 
because about two months ago, certain individuals were saying, if Pogba, if you think Pogba's good, you don't know football. <laughs> then he literally, for about a month and a half, was United's best player. And I said it, quality doesn't go, you just need to find something that suits him. Something might be going wrong, he's in a system that works for him, he shows his quality. What I'm saying with... Yeah, go on. Go on. I, just, I just think the only issue... I, I agree with Thiago being a, a really good player, and before he joined Liverpool, he's probably one of my best, my favourite midfielders. Um, the only question that I have, and it's what I'm... And I know it's early days, but... I think when a player is at the age of Thiago is at, um, yeah. they don't have as much time. Like, and I know and it's, 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 a, it's a first player that Klopp has signed is basically chucked straight into well, the team. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with that. But when you're at the age of 30 or however old he is, 29, um, you, you are expected to come in and deliver. My only question, the question mark that I've got over him, um, which is from what I've seen so far, and it, it can change, um, but it's just that whether or not he's suited to the pace of the Premier League. Because at the moment, he, the, one of the main reasons him. He's almost like, what the? Where am I? Like, he almost looks lost in the pitch. And yeah. I know that could change once you've got Henderson and Fabinho next to him. But it's just my personal opinion at the moment. It does look like the pace of the Premier League is a bit much for him, and is a big, big question mark whether he will be able to show his best football for um, Liverpool. I do think he's a class player. I kind yeah. of no, no, um, I, I, I have I, I think I think it shows a huge difference, first of all, between the Bundesliga and the Prem because the pace of it and the physicality in Diddy is like he was brilliant on the weekend but he's an absolute monster he's an absolute monster and everyone you could see the energy in the league is completely different to anything else but i think you were spot on that he was supposed to come into a team that had he had runners all around him he had literally fabinho henderson or fabinho jenny uh, or hendo whatever it was he has runners around him now the reason I think we've signed Thiago as well, and if we had all our players, he would be an option for when... It's, it's been our problem for the last two years and people are always talking about Coutinho and coming back, blah, blah, blah. We need that different midfielder because we haven't, a lot of the time, have not been able to break down teams who just sit. Teams who have a low block, it has been hard for us to break them down. Even during our, the, the last season, the season before, it is still difficult having a different type of player in there and Klopp, the little bit of time that he had at the beginning of the season, he was changing our system a bit. He was playing more of a 4-2-3-1 when he could with Jota there and Thiago. He was doing it. So I think changing those type of things because you have to adapt, it was coming in. It's a different option to have and I think that's exactly what he was there for. How it's all gone, I just think it's well, my unfortunate. counter-argument to that, and I know he's playing a different position um, and it's probably like a one in a thousand case. But if you look at Bruno Fernandes as mm. a counterpoint, he came right in and made a difference right from day one, playing uh, yeah. in a midfield that's more of a mess or was more of a mess than than the Liverpool. But he he's coming. But that's the whole point. I think he's come in to a team of no leaders, and he is the leader. He is that main man, and he's come in. And there, let's be honest, there's not really a philosophy. At United, there wasn't really mm-hmm. something specific there. <laughs> no, the, the, come on, under Oli, it wasn't as if you were playing a certain style of play. No, but he's yeah, come it, in, he's come in as a leader, and he can be the focal point of that team and make it work. Now, Mohamed Salah, for example, when he joined us, he came in straight away, but it was over summer, or whatever. But he was perfect for our system, done straight away. In 
And that's why I think the difference with Bruno, you look at the signings from years ago, Suarez, when we signed him, the guy went straight in and it was sorted. We didn't really have a style of play. We didn't really have an, a system to go by. The guy came in, he showed his quality. He can be the confidence and the focal point of it. And it was done. And that's why I think a, a player like Bruno can come into that because the biggest thing about Bruno, I think he's a leader and his mentality is amazing. Um, and I think that's what, like, and we'll talk about him in a bit, but I saw at halftime he was so vexed with the ref um, when the whistle went and he reminded me a bit of Louis. And I was like, yeah, that's nice. I like that. I like that, mate. I like that mentality in a player. But yeah, that's why I think the difference is. Outstanding. Um, moving on to Bruno and Co. Um, Manchester United yet again drop even more points to teams right at the bottom end of the table. Boing, um, boing, <laughs> a Manchester United team with pr- practically a fully fit squad, barring obviously Paul Pogba. Um, big, big difference. Is there any big excuses? Luck. And is there any positive positivity? To look forward to in the in going forwards now for Manchester United, um, is there anything to look forward to, or is this th- rut going to continue? Us, I think. Um, first of all, there's an awful result and awful performance, there's no getting away from that. Um, in terms of going forward, and, and the, with United over the last few years, I mean, in the late 2000s and in Fergie's years, basically, when United used to lose a game, I used to feel sick to the stomach um, and basically not watch football for a whole week until it was my United's next match. And this is the first time in since Sir Alex has retired that I had that same sickening feeling after United lose or draw a match. Um, after the West Brom game, after the Everton game, I was in bits. Um, and after the West Brom game, I, I felt sick to the stomach again. Um, but for me, that again is showing how far United have come. And I think, <clears throat> in, the, in answer to the question, is, is this something to look forward to? I think there is definitely. Um, we're, we're, we're progressing in the right manner. We have hit a bit of bad form. But compare what what we are and where we are now to last season. Even I was just looking at a start in December the 15th when we weren't even in the top six. Um, we're t- we're, uh, December the 12th, I think, might have been when. Tottenham Hotspur were top of the league um, so we've progressed and we are progressing and I think ultimately the main aim for this season um, before the start of the season was to um, basically get as close as the top of the table which right now we are um, you know I think the biggest disappointment is that there was a potential opportunity to challenge Man City for the title which isn't happening now um, but like I, like I said a couple of weeks ago, and I say it again now, is, is an opportunity. We have to cement our position. I, we have to cement a position a second. Um, we need to finish. We need to show the potential of potentially challenging for the title next season. Um, and I, I do. And I, this has been said so many times over the years. There were a few players off, but I genuinely feel we are two or three players off a genuine title challenge now, um, which we haven't been able to say for years. So I think there is a lot to look forward to. Um, in terms of the actual game itself, um, when I saw the team sheet, it's even David De Gea start again, and I just uh, he played well, he actually played well in yeah, terms was, of was he made he, a, he, he made he made a couple of good saves, but when that cross came in, I feel like 
goalkeeper, even uh, Dean Henderson, Casper Schmeichel, maybe even Allison, and and uh, those uh, a, a, a commanding goalkeeper would have come out for that. And you saw he actually stepped forward and then stepped back. The guy, he's just I. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him. But yeah, but are you? But, why? Why would you expect that? Oli is not going to drop him in a million years. He, he, he hasn't got the the balls to do it. That's the, that's the problem. But ultimately, I like the thing with Oli's done so much right, and I'm 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 still supporting him. Um, so maybe there is something that we're not seeing because it's a case with every team. There's always something with. It could always be something in the background that we're not seeing. In training, for example, Henderson might not be great at all. But the way in a game like West Brom, when we're going to have most of the possession, I know West Ham, West Brom had some good chances to score, but we had, you know, the possession stats was like 70 or 80 percent. So we're going to have most of the possession. Um, West, West Brom's only attacking threat is likely to come in the year. Put a commanding goalkeeper in there, especially when De Gea hasn't. Um, been great. So I, I think if Dean Henderson was playing, I think he would have either come out and caught the ball or at least punched it away. Mm. Um, but regardless of the De Gea debate, to play Victor Lindelof <laughs> in any game of football should be a criminal offence. Again, we, we, Victor Lind- we've seen the defensive errors, but that back four has, does not change under all. Maguire is uh, dead as well, mate. Maguire is no, dead. no. I think Maguire played really well. If I'm being that I seems thought, like fact, his full two back four. He does not change that, regardless of who's got on the bench. No, but I just want to say Victor Lindelof for me is the worst defender I have ever seen play for Manchester United. That's how bad I think he is. I remember when he signed for United under Mourinho, um, and it was. Man United were playing in America that season for pre-season and it was like 2am. I woke up in the middle of the night to watch the game. I was thinking, yes, a shiny new defender. Um, let's, let's watch him play. Let's watch him play. And I know it was only a pre-season match and I think he only played 45 minutes, but that was the worst 45 minutes I'd ever <laughs> seen from a defender. He didn't tackle. He couldn't pass. He was being bullied. And I, I, I went to work that morning and I was speaking to a few friends uh, where I used to work and I said, this I know you can't judge a player from 45 minutes in preseason, but I said, this guy looks like the worst defender I've ever seen. <laughs> Three or four years later, I still stand by that. The guy is absolutely abysmal. He, he reminds, for, for, for me, he's like what the bird is for Liverpool. Um, <laughs> but for me, like he's the worst. Def- in my 30 odd years of supporting Manchester United, I have never seen a defender as bad as Victor Lindelof. Mm. So I cannot, for the life of me, understand why Solskjaer continues to play him and especially play him in a game like West Brom where the team are going to be attacking you physically. I know you could argue that it should have been a free kick or a penalty, but if there's one person that deserved that hand in... I'm getting angry even talking about Lindelof, how much I hate him. Um, But if there's one player that deserved that hand in his face and just to grab him, to show him how much of a... I can't say the word on the podcast, but how much of a P he is... I'm happy it happened and I'm happy the call was allowed because he should never represent Manchester United ever again. That's yeah. how awful, awful Do you know what is. I think when I think about Lindelof? I think he's a player that is happy and content if he can go at 90 minutes without any sort of um, point of blame on him, without being at fault for goals. Um, if you notice, whenever crosses come in, whenever long balls go up, he, he likes to sort of get, almost get out the way and, and let Maguire or Bissaka deal with it. He's, he's this, intent, not just not being at fault for anything. He doesn't, you know. 
the, the guy drives me up the wall. But anyway, I, I think that's enough for me on Lindelof. He's the worst defender I've ever seen play for Manchester United. Simple yeah. as that. So every time he's on the football pitch, every time Ole Gunnar Solskjaer selects him to play for Manchester United, it is a criminal offence. And I'd go as far as potentially saying a sackable offence. He is that bad. Yeah. Um, you And especially playing him in a game like West Brom, where they're going to be... If you're playing against a team that... Like, for example, Leeds United, they're going to keep the ball on the floor. I can understand why... You, no, I can't understand why you play him. I take that back. <laughs> I would never play him. But um, the other player I want, I want to talk about is um, Marcus Rashford. I don't know whether it's because he's feeding all the poor people... Um, <laughs> But he gets away with criticism. The guy has been so bad for about two months, whether he's playing on the left, whether he's playing on the right, whether he's playing for the middle. He's a national he, hero. He, 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 get, he gets the ball and he does one of two or three things. He either plays a simple pass, which he only does if he's really got no other alternative. More often than not, he runs into a crowd of players Straight and gets tackled. Player, yeah. Or well, if, if he doesn't get tackled, he sort of... He tries to do this weird dummy that he's been that he's learned over the last six weeks, and then he falls over, or he takes the shot, and that shot nine—I'd say ten times, it's nine, right ten times him. out of ten—he hits it straight at the player. And what I can't understand is why Bruno Fernandez doesn't grip him from his neck and say, "If you don't pass the ball again, if you don't pass the ball next time, I'm really going to hurt you." Because it, I'm watching it on TV, and I mean, I know I'm not the only person in Sheffield. I'm sure you probably feel the same way, and I know that. There's plenty of other United fans who are feeling the same way about him right now. It is shocking how the guy stays on the pitch for the full 90 minutes yeah. is beyond you know me. Who I think is the their ass? I'm afraid it's Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. I remember Oli came out last year and he said, you know, I'm going to turn this boy into something special. You know, he was on a hot streak of form. Rashford is not being coached. He's being taught all the wrong things. He's not <laughs> making the right moves. His decision making is absolutely atrocious. He His does not know when to pass. He does not know when to cross. He doesn't know when to shoot. He doesn't know when to dribble. And His all decision that, making. Like, a player has quality. He knows, to, no, he knows what to do. Rashford is still young. He needs coaching to get to that next level. He's not getting no, it. I don't know. I genuinely don't know what Oli is telling him. When he's, no, the, the he thing with Rashford is that. I think with Rashford is his decision making hasn't hasn't ever been that great. And I think sometimes with players they just they just don't get it. I think some players just always make the right decision. And some players just never do. Marcus Rashford, I'd go as far as saying that every decision he makes with the ball at his feet is the wrong decision. Every single time. The times when he's meant to pass the ball, he sh- he runs and t- or, or he shoots. The times when he's meant to shoot or run with the ball, he passes. He always makes the decision that you're not that you shouldn't take. Um, and the thing that drives me at the wall is, for example, Mason Greenwood. I know he hasn't been scoring, and I mentioned him last week. He's been playing really well, and I thought when he came on, he was our best player by some distance. Mm. Um, A, I don't know why he didn't start, and B, when it came to making a substitution, Martial, he hasn't been playing great either, um, and his goal-scoring record recently has been... Oh, Rashford's never going to come off, yeah. But he's he's not as bad as Rashford. Martial's at least completing a pass or completing a dribble. Do you think, I think they're both as shocking as each other, if I'm honest. I think, oh, yeah. I don't know. For me right now, Rashford is... <laughs> Martial's work rate shocked. is a disgrace, to be fair. His movement is abysmal. He does not move. He doesn't move. I I, I know. I agree. Standing there. There's what... clips of him just standing there <laughs> while Sheffield United are making 15 passes around him and he's just stood I... there. He's got that facial I, expression in it. That's no, the, the thing is, though, the thing is, though, he, people are picking up on people saying, Oh, Martial, he, he doesn't look like he's bothered. No, no, I, I, Rashford, I, I Rashford doesn't look like I he's bothered. Put the focus on Rashford 100%. Yeah, 
But for me, Rashford has actually been worse. And also, he he seems happy just giving the ball away, getting to the box and just giving the ball away. He doesn't care. He loses the ball so often. It's just for a professional footballer to do that is a disgrace. But the the thing with me now, with Martial, he gets the criticism from the pundits, from the media, which, okay. okay, Of course, Rashford is young, he's English. Fully deserved. The society, you know, in recent times. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Um, But anyway, apart from that, West Brom, I thought, played well. That striker, Niang, or whatever his name is, he was a handful. I mean, I think think you can put a mannequin up against Lindelof and leave your handful for (laughs) Lindelof. But Maitland-Niles was poor, man. He had a couple of chances where he could have sworded it out. West Brom could have scored more, which which was the Worrying this, the scary thing. Diagna. They could have scored a couple West, more. West Brom deserved to win. Mm. I will say, and I, I've been, I know Yusuf mentioned earlier about my thoughts about Pogba a couple of months ago. Um, but at the time of when I was critical of Pogba, was he wasn't putting an effort on the pitch, and there's no denying that. But there's also no denying that since since Raiola came out with his comments and I don't know what conversation he had with Ole, since then he did turn the corner and he was he was on the pitch and he was running around and that's. When you see, my biggest issue with Pogba before was that he wasn't making effort, the effort, yeah, yeah. and he's making the effort now. But obviously, he's injured, so we we are missing him really badly at the moment. Yeah, but I, th- I think um, United fans and a lot of them were critical of him need to realise now that there is an absolutely yeah, astronomical golfing class between Pogba and, and McDominay. He has to play with on a weekly. No, game. I agree. I agree with that. But at the same time, you can't. Play a player who's not giving the hundred percent on the pitch. That's my issue. You can ne- you can never have a player. I don't care who you are and how talented you are. You don't play a player that is not giving hundred percent on the pitch, regardless of all whether the fact. Yeah, exactly. Like said, However, it was so, probably just so, a case of somebody just putting an arm around him, and you know. Yeah, so I you, I think Ollie deserves credit for that. I think the way what Rayola came out and said in December, um, I think the way Ollie handled that was been outstanding, mm. um, and and he's brought the best out of Pogba. Now I don't know what the agreement is. Whether Ollie said to Pogba, look, okay. You're going to go in the summer. Yeah. Just give us six months of your best form, and that's the least like the fans deserve. And by that way, you'll get teams who actually want to buy you because I don't think any teams were looking at him really the way he was playing. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're missing Pogba. That's what I want to say. Um, and yeah, yep. but like I said, I'm still I'm still positive. Um, I don't, you know, Man City are running away with the yeah. title. Um, you might not uh, may like... agree with me on this one, but I think um, United. Uh, all these results that we're getting now, I think they're fully deserved. <laughs> And I think up until this point, up until about January, I think we were getting away with a lot of perfor- poor performances. And apart from the Southampton game where they were down to uh, 10 men from the very first minute, there hasn't been one game where we have put in a performance for the full 90 minutes. And I could say, wow, that was fantastic from beginning to end. We have looked at parts in a lot of games this season, just atrocious. I agree. I do. I do agree with that. That's why I'm not. I'm but, not surprised by these results, and I think it's been coming. I, 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 I do kind of agree, and I did say it that I think I, I might have said it on the podcast or off the podcast where, where we kept going behind. There's only so long that we were going to go behind and then yeah. come back and win. That that was going to end mm. soon enough, and it, and it's ended against Sheffield United. And I think it's caught up with this now again. Yeah, conceding goals However, every game is you know you can't you can't be doing that. Yeah, but um, I just think. For me, I'm looking. At, I'm trying to look at the bigger picture of where we were last season and the season before, and where we are now. But ultimately, if we don't finish, yeah, but, second. But does third, the current season give a bit of a false representation because everybody is struggling apart from City at the moment? I I don't think so. Only because I know I know you can say oh the COVID season, um, 
But I just think that there's been lots of good signs in our team. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still lacking that consistency. And I know we, we've had some really poor performances and perfor- poor performances even when we've gone on to win the match. Um, but I mean, even, an, even a title winning team has poor performances and they go on to win that match. So I think is a bit of, I think ultimately you just have to look at where we are now. Mm. Um, I think we have got the makings of a really good team. Um, but we do need a, we need a centre back. We need a defensive midfielder, um, and we need to drop Rashford and or Martial. Um, and I think you know, we, we, hopefully Amadiallo comes in. I, I'm I'm still positive, and I'm naturally a positive person, um, especially with United. Um, you can call me deluded, that's fine. Um, but I'm happy with I, I'm comfortable with where we are. Yeah. We have to win. We have to win a trophy this season. Hopefully, FA Cup or Europa League, wherever it is, we need to win a trophy, and we need to finish second or third, ideally second, given how the season has been. Mm. And I think that'll be a good season for us, um, and, and hopefully push on next season and challenge for the title. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Omar, thank you very much for joining us. Great to have you. No problems. No problems. Great to have Great you to with us. Um, Great to be here. I'll tell you what we'll do, lads. Um, Omar, we've been talking about obviously um, City, Liverpool. United and um, Leicester. Um, who do you genuinely think, hands on your heart, honestly, is um, got, from this point on in the season is going to make that top four for you? I mean, we have discussed Liverpool and obviously they are in a fight at the moment. So realistically, obviously City are probably um, boxed off that top spot. So which three other teams do you see from you know this point onwards making... The, taking the the final three spots. I mean, I I'm I have no doubt with Liverpool. If I'm honest with you, I just think you can't <laughs> keep. Inshallah, say inshallah. Inshallah, you can't you can't keep. It's like it's like a. Um, can, can we put this on like, a special it's like water. Water. <laughs> it's like air water. Say inshallah. It's, it's like air and water. You can't keep it down forever. Eventually, it rises to the top, and I think that's the Liverpool to ask you. There's no doubt in the, the the class. It's just about. It's just individual mistakes, and you know they they go. They don't. They're not there forever. These individual mistakes. They they've proven the class time and time again. Um, the only one I'm not sure about is that Leicester spot at the moment. Um, right. I Arsenal seem like they turned the corner. Eh? <laughs> Everyone's gassing about Tashel, but I, I think he's overrated personally. I think he he rode the glory at Dortmund from what Klopp produced or the culture that Klopp made, and PSG is a, well. That's, that's it doesn't take much to manage that club, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, so I, I'm not sure whether he's going to do much. I, I think Brendan will probably hold on. So I think. So who, who do you think is going to take uh, second spot in the league? Uh, probably be United, to be honest. Well, you think that is it? I don't Fair know. Dues? I think it'd be close, but I, I think it's, it's it doesn't matter to you guys. What second so far away from top doesn't? No, matter. of course it doesn't matter, but. It, it does matter. You know, second is big. A second matters. You want to finish you the title. Who was second last year? Man City, Manchester City. It's just the problem. No one really cares. No, but it, it, it matters. It matters when there's a t- when, there's, when there's a challenge like the season before that <sighs> when Liverpool and City were neck and neck. It matters no, when, when Liverpool matters. are second, basically, is what you're saying. No, 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 it's not. It's not. <laughs> we when were one point behind. Like, we <laughs> one when there's point. a challenge, it matters. But when it's just like when it's like the, um, the winner, everyone else, it doesn't matter to me. In my personal opinion, it, it, I can understand why it matters to United because of the last couple of years you haven't been in it. 
But yes, grand achievement for United to get second this year. I think it may, I think it matters for teams who have ambitions to title to man challenge. So like you said, for United, it does matter because they want to put themselves and give themselves that Back belief the that they can challenge. Yeah. yeah, and it was the same for even when Liverpool didn't win it that season, this two seasons ago. Um, I think that gave them the belief then to go on and win it last year. So okay, I think if Liverpool finished fifth this season, they miss out on top four. Would you rule them out completely for my title challenge next year? No, yeah. I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No, would you? no, I don't. I don't think you would. Of course. Not. I would. You're not going from. Yeah. You're not going so it matters, from. Matters and it doesn't matter as well. Top. I'm sorry, you're I not think... going from fifth to top. This is an extraordinary season, though, Zach. You've got to it's spare the, that. Next yeah. season will all be extraordinary. Get relegated. <laughs> will they win the league next season? I, I don't know about you, but in BT, I, try, I want to switch off the, the, the fan noise because it's, it's fake. These guys are not playing in those condi- under the conditions. I, I honestly feel the lack of fans it's is impacting on Liverpool, especially because we are... We are we rely on the fans a lot more. Oh, come on, bro. Every team's affected. United are doing all right without the fans. We're playing well away from home. Yeah. But Old Trafford... You know, Asif, you know, you know, Asif, you know Liverpool, we, uh, uh, our problem during those years when we didn't win the league for so many um, years was because of the expectations of the fans, right? Well, I think fans. United are in that kind of moment a bit where there's a high expectation, and if you don't, if you win by one nil or just it was a close game, you win by one goal. It's not good enough. No, I don't. Liverpool, I disagree. United were the place for Liverpool were many years ago. So fans is a burden to some clubs in their in some situations. No, but I the point the point is though that our really really poor is our record um, away from home, which is what's puts in the position that we're in. Um, so to say the fans are, there's no doubt in the fans were all proud performances from at home but at the same time I'd say if fans were in the away stadiums away from home so I think it's hard to balance itself out for United but yeah, you know, we, we, can you hear me? No I can't I'm He's sorry. struggling Okay well I'll, I'll stop there then <laughs> <laughs> It's funny if you can hear you know, now <laughs> You know I'm reading, I'm reading this book uh, I might as well mention my books about statistics right. and it talks about um, patterns which when there is no patterns so the chances of United winning so many games away from home could point to a, a could, could point to the fact that yeah the, the fans issue is not a big deal but in, according to statistics, statistics it can happen I mean it's rare but just because it's rare doesn't mean it's impossible so these kind of like uh, patterns that we see are not necessarily a reflection of you know, what we're trying to claim them to be. There's like a, say, 98% chance that United will win this amount of games for away from home, but there's still a 2% chance. Top stuff, Omar. Who's your final pick for the top four? Obviously, Liverpool, uh, United, uh, City. Who do you think is going to creep into that last spot? Um, Leicester. Leicester. Has yep. to be Leicester. Okay. Um, Zach, Spurs have drifted away, um, unfortunately, in recent... <laughs> Recent weeks. Um, any hope for top four? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long season and there's still a long way to yeah. go. It's and true. things yeah. can happen on, by accident. If we get top four, it'll happen by accident. No, not Who by do you time. think we'll get top four? Like, using your head now. Who- if things stay as they are, then... But that's it, because people, managers could be sacked. Jose could get sacked and we go on a rampage. Of and course, a lot, a lot can change. A lot and can that can change. happen yeah, to a yeah. lot of teams. And there's, you know, okay, not as much as half of the season left, but there's more than enough of the season for mm. 
for everything to change. If I had to just pick now, I'd say Man City top, obviously. Um, Leicester, I think, have got, like Asif said, I think they've just got, there's something different about them that they, they might be able to stick and they might be able to yeah. keep hold of their place. But having said that, as I said earlier, I don't think even a top four finish doesn't, there's a difference between finishing top four and being one of the big six, even with Arsenal as low as they are, Tottenham as low as they are. And, and Leicester still are some way of from from achieving that, but I, I think yeah. they're good for a top four spot. Um, Chelsea, they look like they'll ride this form till the end of the season, and Manchester United. I so I think yeah. Team, you think Liverpool will fall out of that top four? Well, they're already out of it, so okay. I, I see. Interesting, because I I can't. The the centre backs. The centre backs is the issue. And the centre backs mm. are not coming back anytime soon. So, okay, you. So, do you think this poor form is going to carry on for Liverpool? Or, um, I think you have uh, hopes of second spot, don't you? Deep down, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Too, yeah, so of course. Yeah. I'll be honest. You're completely right. I do. Um, <laughs> I'm optimistic, like ass, I guess. But uh, to be honest, yeah, City top. I'm gonna say United and Liverpool are fighting for second. Mm. Um. And I think Chelsea will nick it. I don't know, man. Leicester are... Uh, and I know what Omar say. maybe don't rate Tuchel completely, but he he will change them. And I think the new manager bounce, the amount of wins that he can get just from that. And as, mm. as we said, if you go on a run of three, four games of winning, mm. you'll put yourself up there. So I think Chelsea will nick it ahead of Leicester just because with Leicester as well, Vardy... He he might be prone to another injury. I don't know if he, if he comes out of the team again and Hinacho starts or whatever. I don't know if that will affect them a lot. Um, Justin's already missing as well. If they, I just think if Leicester lose one of their players in oh. midfield or in Diddy, Madison, Barnes, whatever, any of them, I think they'll fall down a bit. So yeah, I think uh, it'll so be Liverpool, City. United, Chelsea, is it? Yeah, yeah, Liverpool and United fighting mm. for the top two. Uh, and then Chelsea, fourth spot. I think, I think Chelsea. Will I think with, with Chelsea, I mean, there's doubts about whether Tuchel will have a long-lasting impact on Chelsea. But I think in the short term for this season, you'll have more than enough to get them across the line into top four. Yeah. Mm. As are you pretty confident that United have second spot boxed off, or I'm not still a fight? I'm not completely confident of second spot. I, I would back mm. them to get second. I wouldn't say it's a done deal, um, but I, I, yeah, I think if I my prediction are they will get second, but I'm not completely convinced. Um, but for my top four, I'm going to go with uh, obviously City top, United second, um, and then third and fourth. I think is going to be a battle between Chelsea and Leicester. I don't see Liverpool finishing the top four, and that's not me being anti-Liverpool. Mm. Like Zach mentioned, in my opinion. The fact that those defend those defenders aren't going to come back and how bad they've been. Ultimately, you can only judge the team on um, how, what you see in front of you. Um, and obviously, naturally, naturally, I want Liverpool to lose. So I'm not going to deny the fact that I'm going to, I'm going to be biased. I think that's it's, yeah. it's a natural thing. Sometimes you just have to accept it. So, um, yeah. but that's not me just basically saying, "Oh, I don't think it's they true. are." No, no, it's just it's, true. it's my natural bias. I think Liverpool are going to finish outside the top four. Um, I don't, I don't think Tottenham are in the conversation. Um, so yeah, that's my top four. I think third and fourth between Chelsea and uh, and Leicester. But to be honest, 
it could be anything in the second, third, and fourth spots. But that's my um, that's my top four prediction. You're right. You know what? And, and I, I guess I, I get your point about we've been dreadful. The craziest thing, though, is we've been so bad. But and this is just the nature of the season. In the last five games, Liverpool and United have both picked up six points. So, so both generally, as a United fan, you know what I think? I think United had the chance to right to skip away to get t- 10, 12 points clear of you. Right? We had oh, that opportunity. We blew it. We actually yeah. blew it. But you're only six points behind us, right? And that can just go in a second. So, yo, lads, what, what about Everton? I, I yeah. look at the Oof, games they got, and if they win our games, they're like they lost to Fulham on the weekend. Come on, they're not Everton are hopeless. They got Man City next, they're not, and then they got Liverpool. Angelotti. They're in a fight for European places, but not top four. I think Villa, mate. I, Villa, I think I think Everton. Are, I wouldn't say like how I describe Tottenham as not even being in the picture for the top four. I think Everton are in the picture, um, but I don't think they're going to get top four. Uh, I think a, they'll finish. Use a marker of where Everton are. I think they've got Man City next, and then they've got Liverpool. I think after that, does anybody think Everton will get anything from that game? Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I they think, might get I a draw. They might get a win. If someone could be, if somebody oh could beat Man City at the moment, if someone could beat Man City at the moment, it's Ancelotti. Oof! It's hey, he, beat, he beat Liverpool. He beat Liverpool in the Champions League every time he played against them. Except with it, see, we're not, no, with the bloody <laughs> in Napoli for Napoli. I mean, listen, there isn't a difference between Richarlison and Ronaldinho. You're right, like, <laughs> Richarlison is levels, mate. He's levels. No, I, I just you on, compare on the, the plays he had with Napoli for Everton. <laughs> Come on, no, on the back of Angelotti's Coleman and no, I, I, I know what Omar's saying. I think we've been a bit harsh it's on him true. there. I think, like, yeah. the, the, it, it wouldn't completely surprise me to see Everton beat Man City. I don't think they'd win both matches against City and Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ancelotti is definitely capable of pulling off a result against Man City. Absolutely. I think if this fixture good, good was played part. when it was meant to be played, they would have had a great chance. Yeah. But City played a nice one and they, they, they postponed oh, it. And now they're Tom, in... Tom this fixture couldn't come at a better time for them. Mm. Nah, honestly, I, I may, I don't know. Goodison Park, Wednesday night. No fans. The, stage, the stadium rocking. <laughs> cool Wednesday night. Um, great stuff, lads. Fine, fine predictions. Um, yeah, just skip over a few of the remaining results that we haven't covered. Um, Listen, Brighton, Villa. Brighton carrying on there for this. I tell you what, they're toughing it out. They kept out Villa as well. Um, Arsenal very good as well. Saka, Arsenal very good, but then again, Saka, Leeds are Smith defensively Brown. atrocious whenever they. Play away from home, it seems. But going forward, they look beautiful. Going forward, they're good. Yeah. Um, West Ham, comfortable win against Sheffield United, which is what you expect. And Chelsea look to be taking all three points against Newcastle. So they're right in the mix for the top four. Um, so let's move it on. Um, Arsenal City, that's a, one of the big games next weekend, I think. Does anybody else think it's going to be anything other than a City win on that one? You never know, mate. With this game, you have to predict um, <laughs> whether know. David Luiz gets either sent off an own goal or gets a penalty. David Luiz, bingo. World class. Um, yeah. And that's it. And obviously, across Europe, big news. Omepicano. Yeah, man. Omepicano. Upamecano. Upamecano. Dio Upumikano, disappointing news for a lot of uh, clubs. What in a joke. He has decided you know, to stay in that league well, and go right? to Bayern Munich. Ah. 
it's so stupid. The, all these players, and that's why the Bundesliga will never be. Listen, Bayern Munich have the pull. What's the point? Like, you know? what is the point of these players? Yeah, but the problem is, Yusuf, they win the Champions League and all that as well. So it's hard. <sighs> it's not like the Paris League. It's not like the French League where PSG did the, the, the bits in the league. But when it comes to <laughs> European football, they're crap. Yeah, two bits society. But literally, but he's gone from Leipzig, who are the they're the second best team in Germany, who's supposed to be yeah. challenging. And they, it's not they did it with Dortmund when Dortmund was second. They've done it with every single. It's like Man City now so finishing annoying. top of the league, saying, "Okay, we'll have Bruno, <laughs> Salah, and Kane, please." And there's, and there's no <laughs> and there's no challenge about it. There's no they just take them. It's true. I don't. It's so silly. Like and the amount of signings they made. Goretzka, they got on a free, by the way. The only thing I got for a free. Like that's outrageous. <laughs> The issue is, I, I I understand like when a German player wants to go to Bayern, but Open Meccano, like... I mean, why do you want to stay in Germany? But anyway, I, I think I think um, his central defensive partner is a better player of the two anyway. Canate, so um, he's he'll be player, off to Bayern next season. The season after, he'll be going to Bayern. <laughs> well, he's got he's got a um, he's got the same release clause of forty million, I think. So um, disappointing, disappointing. Um, Moving on, use. Let's move on to brighter note. Yes, we will. We will move on to Yusuf's game. Omar is here, which is very nice. Thank you, Omar. Um, so last week, just to go over, Asif won his match against Zach, and Omar won his match against Atif. Uh, so today we're going to have Atif versus Asif. And Zach versus Omar. Atif will go first because he is the challenger. Um, and we'll see from there. Everyone remember the rules, all good? Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Okay, we'll get straight on with it then. So, Atif going first. Um, give me your bid of how many clubs you can name for the six clubs of Esteban Cambiasso. Um. How many do you think you can name? It's uh, Sorry, it's six clubs. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go with three. Ooh, okay. Three's a nice bid. That's a nice, nice bid. Okay. Ass? Um, I'll, I'll let Tiff name them. Don't want to bid four? No. Okay. Tiff, when you're ready, one at a time, name the three clubs Cambiasso's played for. Okay. So, Inter Milan. Correct. Uh, Leicester City. Correct. And... Come on, this is the easiest one. Hold on. Bit of a wobble. So much. Oh my goodness. So much. <laughs> yep, no problem. Third club, whenever you're ready. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's checking Google. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to have that third club. Uh, so I'm going to go for an Argentinian team because I can't think of any other biggies. Uh, I'm going to go for River Plate. And that is cool. Oh, oh, what an outstanding guess. Out the bag. How do you not get Man City? That's his main <laughs> <laughs> This is why we don't have a bar on the show, ladies and gentlemen. He's Man City. When did he play for Man City? Did, did you sign him on career mode or what, mate? What is going on here? Hold on. Come on. 
Cambiasso, he did not play for Man City. So he'd be happy to. <laughs> the easiest one. <laughs> so, Zach, Zach must be licking his lips. Absolutely. <laughs> So that was correct. Well done. It was a good guess. So his first club was Independiente, uh, River Plate, Real Madrid. Oh, the Real Madrid was the one that I, I thought he played for Real. Yeah. Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Leicester City, and he finished his career at Olympiacos. Well done, Atif. That is one point to you. Asif, you'll be first on the second. By the way, do you, know this, do you know this game? My brain goes blank. You know, Cambiasso, I couldn't even think of a single club that he made. <laughs> it's mad. Genuinely. When you're in the hot seat, it's crazy. Thinking about it now, but yeah, when you're in the hot seat, it's a bit mad. I'm sure Zach and Omar were like, yeah, yeah. Omar definitely Man was. City, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this second player, we all know him. He's played for a mammoth 15 Oof. clubs. No, Ida Gudjonsson. How many of the clubs can you bid for Ida Gudjonsson? Um, Oh, not a lot, man. Again, my mind's gone blank. Omar, you stay out of it, cuz. <laughs> you can always bluff if you want to. I know, but I'm not He's a bluffer. giving it away already. You can't bluff now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I took a Johnson. Um, this is so annoying because I'm I know. Have to ask for your bid, sorry, ass. Okay, I'm going to go with two. Oh, Tiffany. Oh, two. Okay. Atif. Yeah, I have to go with three, even though I'm not fully confident on the third three. one. Okay. Ass, you could go four if you want. No, thanks. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Three out of 15. I Atif, know, okay, my mind's gone blank. Big numbers here. Tiffany. Yeah, easy as well. <laughs> Tiffany for the win. Okay, let's see then. Okay, so. Tifter, Ch- three Chelsea clubs, Football Club. Time. Correct. Barcelona. Correct. Right now, now I'm struggling a bit, so now I need to little think for a second. Okay. Hold on a second. And okay. but, but, but oh, I, yeah, I was going to say when we name like three, if we say three, I feel I feel like we should be able to say the three straight away. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, no, 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 that, no, no. You can take it. It's a bit. So if okay. you said four and you had three, yes, you can take your time with the fourth. And all right, okay, that's fine. Yeah, but Tiff. Um, yes, the third club. Okay. Have to ask for an answer. Sorry. Um. I could be completely wrong, but I'm going to go for Cardiff City. Oh, that's what I got. Incorrect. How? Yes. How? Oh, my God. Okay, wait, wait, wait. We'll go through this. Hasselbank played. There's 15, lads. So, first one, Valor. PSV, whatever. Tottenham, Reykjavik. Bolton, Bolton oh. Wanderers. Fulham, Spurs, Stoke. You played for Spurs? Spurs. Yeah. Spurs on loan, Stoke, Fulham on loan, Athens, Bruges, and he finished his career in Molda. 
But yeah, there was Bolton, Spurs, Stoke, Fulham, Monaco. You haven't named well, 15 but... there. How many? Oh, well, there was Bruges. There was two Bruges clubs. Right. So Selkshire Bruges, Club Bruges. And then he played in Japan, in China, Shenzhen, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's around 15. I knew he played for a couple of other English clubs, but I just couldn't remember which ones. He did. So I'm, I'm glad else. I stuck to my two. <laughs> <laughs> it is 1 1 for the decider. Atif will be bidding first. Again, we all know him. Ballon d'Or winner Fabio Cannavaro. He has played for six for six clubs. What is your bid, Atif? Six clubs. Which player is this? Sorry, Fabio Cannavaro. Oh, what a legend! Played for six clubs. What's your bid, Tiff? My bid is. Yep. Uh, three three okay sweet spot I think I think that's a sweet spot let's see ass you bid in four would you want Tiff to name his three the thing is I know three as well <sighs> put your head out put your head out go for the fourth three. go for it take guess the fourth oh yeah Tiff win it in style lad no, but I feel like Tiff will know his three that's the thing so if you think you'll know it, you'll have to go for four. How many has he played for? He's played for six clubs. Oh, um, what, what player are we talking about again? Genuinely, my, my mind's gone blank. <laughs> Fabio Cannavaro. Cannavaro. Fabio Cannavaro. Okay. I'll let Tiffany mystery. Okay, okay. He's letting Tiff. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, fine. Tiff for the win. Right. And your first point in the game. One at a time, the three clubs that Fabio Cannavaro has played. Juventus. Correct. Real Madrid. Correct. Right. Now we start to struggle. (laughs) (laughs) I've got two. I could... I could pick the other Italian club who I think it is or I could completely go with who, you think go with who I think he played for towards the end of his career. I'm going to have to ask for it. Right, I'm going to take a risk then. I, this, I can't be completely balled this up. LA Galaxy? Incorrect, oh. shift unlucky. You know what, Tiff? Though, Alex, for some reason, I had Alex. New York in my head. Red Bulls or something? Did he play for? No, he didn't. He no, Fabio, was it Napoli? Fabio Cannavaro. It was no, Napoli. I knew I should have gone But he played. Uh, he played. He played for Inter Milan as well, didn't he? He played for Inter Milan and Parma. He was with Buffon at Parma. So I knew, oh. I knew Inter Milan, I knew Inter Milan, Juve, and Real Madrid. And for some reason, when I was Emin and Aaron about my fourth team, it was LA Galaxy as well. For some reason, <laughs> I, really, I don't know why I thought I that. I don't know what I was thinking there. Uh, in that I knew team, he was the one. Palmer, Juve, Real, and he finished his career at El Ahli. Uh, I took a risk there, and it did not pay off. I'm like, oh, it's bold though, Sif. It's bold. Well done, unlucky. But Asif has got it. He didn't win over the four. And he's I, 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 I won it by I made the mistake. That's fine though, Tiff. You went for it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I call it a tactical Josie Mourinho masterclass. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. 
Perfect. So we go on to Zach. Well done, us. Unlucky Tiff. We go on to Zach versus Omar. As Omar won last week, Zach is the challenger and he will be put in the first bid for the first player. Maybe the best right back of all time, Danny Alves. He has played for six clubs. Six clubs for Danny Alves. What's your bid, Zach? Five. Split. Yeah. Good God, this guy, man. <laughs> He's gone for five. That is fantastic. Omar, be an absolute yeah, gangster. Well you you go, go for it. Well done, Sammy G. Are you sure, Omar? Uh, I got three. That's the ball. <laughs> oh, uh, one of them's Man City. All right. <laughs> All right, Zach, when you're ready, one at a time with five clubs, please. Was he bluffing? I think he was bluffing. But Sevilla let's see. FC. Why would you bluff? Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain, correct. PSG. You just said. You just said. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you said. <laughs> PSG. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. How many? Of us no, no, Zach, Zach, Zach. So you said you said Sevilla, you said PSG, and you've said Barcelona. Yeah, so you said Sevilla, Barcelona, Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. Zach, you know on the ramble, if you say the same club, it's incorrect, but I'll, it? give you, I'll, I'll leave you with this one. I'll leave you with this one, okay? So you said Sevilla, Barca, PSG. Sao Paulo. For... Correct. And the last one... the other club I was thinking of, then? Oof. Shh. <laughs> 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 Lads, the fifth club, so Zach. Barcelona, Seville... Sao Paulo, PSG. There's another obvious one. Last club, I'm going to have to ask you for the answer. Um, in the Chinese club, man. <laughs> man <what are> you... <laughs> it's always against him, so if he wants Danny to. <laughs> Who's he playing at now? I'm going to I'm gonna have to push you for an answer. <sighs> I don't know why this club's in my head. Fifth club, Juventus. Oh, correct. <laughs> well I was going to say Juventus. <laughs> it was Juventus. Yeah, of course. He played for Juventus. He got to the final of the Champions League as well. The other club, you named five. Well done, Zach. Good one. Really good there. Sao Paulo was outstanding. He, Sao Paulo is where he, he's yeah. playing right now. Um, but he started his career another team in Brazil, Bahia. I don't know. Yeah, so... Yeah, well done, Zach. That's five. Omar. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And Just do Nicholas and Elka, please. It, well, it already is Nicholas and Elka. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> As no. As a homage to Omar. Do you, do you even know one or two of his clubs, lad? <laughs> no, I don't, man. Not Twelve help. clubs for Nicholas and Elka. Twelve clubs. How many are you bidding, Omar? One, two... <laughs> Three, four. Oh, I should get a five for loot. How many are you bidding? Uh, whatever. I'll play a safe at four. Four clubs. Five, five, five. Five? Five, five, five. five, five, five. Give it to me, baby. <laughs> five, okay. <laughs> <Can> we... <laughs> I, want, I want that sound bite of Omar saying, give it to me, baby. <laughs> That's going viral. <laughs> Hello, hello. That's quality. All right, oh, Zach, are you bidding six or even more? I don't know whether to outbid him or just let him 
be hung by Zoom. You can uh, listen. You it was stylish the way you won the first one. You can do it in style again with the second. If you name a random club, you probably get it right anyway. What you want to do is be the Pep Guardiola to the Jose Mourinho uh, method. Oh, one in six. Six clubs from Zag. Omar, do I hear seven? No, I'll stick with five. <laughs> so you're going to make him name six? Well, I'm not going to go seven, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Zag Judy for the win. Nicholas and Elka. Can you name Nicholas and Elka's six Bolton clubs? Wanderers. Chelsea. Correct. Arsenal. Correct. Liverpool. Correct. Correct. Um, how many is that? Four. Real Madrid. Correct. And. Oh. oh I've got one like nailed on European one. But then, just for like a little bit of Pep Guardiola sauce, what's that Chinese club he played for? Oof. Ganzu or something. Oh, he was. Oh, I can't remember it. Oh, Drogba played there. Just play a safe lad. Oh, all right, Juventus. Correct. He had two appearances at Juventus. And Manchester City. And Manchester City. Fenerbahce. Shanghai, Shenhua. That was the one. West Brom yeah. as well. He had 12 appearances there. Mumbai City. Mumbai. Um, Mumbai. <laughs> PSG, obviously, as well. Well done, Zach. That is the victory for you. Oh, why should have bid more, mate? No, I wouldn't have got the rest. I got my seat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you want to play the last player? Just yeah. for... Okay, last player. Zach would have been bidding first. The original Ronaldo. Seven clubs. Seven clubs for Ronaldo. Um, Brazilian, Brazilian Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo. Seven clubs. <sighs> Zach, Four. how many are you bidding? Four clubs for Zach. Omar, are you bidding five? Yeah, I have to bid five now. Otherwise, nice. I like that. Go on, Omar, one at a time. Oh, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Nah, nah, oh, no, 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 you're having no, you're great. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zach, you want six? No, you're hang on. Just allow, man. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me rethink. <laughs> That's true. Sorry, Zach. Sorry. I'm not going to get Zach, five. Six? I'm not one, two, Zach, three, four. Um, go on, go for six. Zach? Go for six. Go for six. Omar, oh, well, you go for seven, mate. Go on, Zach. Five, Omar. Let's go one at a time. Real Madrid. Correct. Inter Milan. Correct. Okay, that's why. Ace <laughs> <laughs> um, Milan. Correct. Nice. So that's four, yeah? That's the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know anyone else. Did he... Why do I think PSG? Because that's what I'll do. I'm going to say Brazil and Sao Paulo. Incorrect. <laughs> 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 he went for the Brazilian team that was named earlier on. 
It was Barcelona. Yeah. Barcelona. He, How did you miss Barcelona, bro? <laughs> PSV, Cruzeiro, and Corinthians as well. Oh, missing Barcelona was shocking. Had. Unlucky Omar and Zach gets his first points as well. Outstanding. Well really good. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Yusuf. Another fine, fine week of Yusuf's game. You need to find a game, for, uh, a name for this game, Yusuf. Something. <laughs> Yusuf's game's yeah, good. Yusuf's game. Uh, that brings us on to Zach Judy's team of the week. Where you go? Thank you very much, Tifter. Um, so, for this week's team of the week, um, I've gone for in goals. I've gone for Emmy Martinez. Second week in team of the week. Um, he basically nice. won the game. For, well, not won the game, but got the point for Aston Villa. Kept them in the match. Brighton were absolutely dominant, but I think he made some ridiculous, like 9, 10, 11, 12 big saves. Um, really proving to probably keep it the season so far, I would say. Martinez, I don't think anyone else has covered themselves in much glory. I know Edison got an assist, but I just thought Martinez was a notch above. Um, I've gone for a back three. Um, all three have kept clean sheets uh, this week. I've gone for two Fulham defenders. So on the left-hand side, I've gone for Ola Eno, got an assist as well as the clean sheet. Uh, middle of the park, I've gone for Tosin Adarabioyo. Um, <laughs> solid performance. The Nigerian fans on Twitter were going mad. Um, I think Fulham had several Nigerian players out on the pitch and on the right hand side of defence I've gone for Matthew Loughton who scored an absolute cracker and was by, Got me he was by far the man of the match in that game against Crystal Palace he was absolutely everywhere um, and a clean sheet as well to boot so that's a, a back four there that with zero goals conceded um, middle oh. of the pitch I've gone for Wilfred and Didi it was a solid performance um, against Liverpool and I suspect that for the next few weeks um, in Team of the Week the central midfielder will be whoever's playing against Thiago uh, for the next few weeks <laughs> um, accompanying him in the centre of the park of gone for who else but Ilkay Gundogan he's he just he can't stop scoring can't stop assisting can't stop putting defenders on the floor Um Either side of them. So on the wings, I've gone for Harvey Barnes on the left. Um, a very electric, electric performance really against well. Liverpool. And on the right-hand side, I've gone for Bukayo Saka, who yeah, put in a really good performance for Arsenal and won one penalty, probably should have got another. Um, doing a really good job this season. And then for a front three, I've gone for, on one side, Jamie Vardy. Um Hang on, is it, have you gone four, four, three? Because you said you said back four earlier on. Confused. Jamie Vardy on the right side of the attack always steps it up against the big teams. Um, great celebration as well. Left hand side, surprised it was his first hat trick of his Premier League career. Um, gone for Obama Yang. He looks like, unfortunately, he may have played himself into a little bit of form. Um, and spearheading the attack, Munib's favourite striker, Josh Madger, who had two goals oh, on his yes, debut. Um, hopefully <laughs> never scores again and gets booed out of here for what he's done to Sunderland Football Club. 
What's the, what is the story with him then? Well, he was he's a he's a Sunderland youth product, isn't he? He was held up as like the saviour of yeah. Sunderland. Came in, started banging he the was. ball. They screwed him over, me. They screwed him over. I stand with Josh Madden, oh, And then he just over. up sticks and went to uh, where was it? Bordeaux. 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 Yeah. Outstanding. Thank you very much, Zach. You're welcome. Another great, great selection there. Um, and that is it. That concludes another week um, on our podcast. Plenty to look forward to. We have the return of the Champions League this week. We'll be catching up with that and discussing the action. A couple of big games to dive into. Barca, PSG, um, Liverpool. The games are coming thick and fast now. Tough game against Leipzig coming up. And obviously Porto, Juventus as well. And Juventus also are going against each other on Wednesday night. So that is it. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for another fine, fine podcast. Plenty of great chat. Thank you very much for joining. Um, Ash, Zach, Bruce and Omar. We hope to ho- hope you all tune in next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thanks. Thank you.